What are you doing next Saturday? A week from Saturday? Why? Why? I'd like, I'd like to invite you somewhere. Well, I'm going to be in Orlando, Florida. Why? Who wants to know? I'd like Why? to invite you to the pants party. There's a pants party? Yeah. So you're really going to be out of town? Yeah. You're worthless. You're worthless to me. I'm sorry. Oh, whatever. What's going on? I thought we'd have a pre-Super Bowl Dolo White party, but you know how to do it. What is he even, you know? You want to go? Next Saturday? Yeah. Night before. The 10th? Yeah, my schedule's open. There you go. All right. I don't have the dogs. Being a night of friendship and music. Where at? I mean, you can play the landing. Ooh. <laughs> ah. Tim Grenhart, hello. What's up, guys? Um, Stephen, thanks for the invite. Um, well, you're in Florida, I'll... and you never come in studio anymore, so <laughs> I don't want to hear it from you. You going to fly back in for that one, Grunny? Uh, I may fly back in for that one. Um, <laughs> I won't fly back in for just about anybody but you, Stephen. So yeah. I would fly back in for you, but... Uh, the Southern Command down here, we're finally getting a little bit of warmer weather, so um, maybe I'll stick around here. So. All right. Um, here, here's a uh, former player that we all hate. I will read you a quote, and I'd like you uh, to have you uh, respond. Uh, this former linebacker said, it's going to be hard-hitting football, but at the end of the day, I believe Mahomes is a crybaby, and yes, he's talented, but he is a big ass crybaby, and he drives me crazy. Any guessing who said that? Romanowski. Yep, Bill Romanowski. He's such a punk. That's right. Oh my. Go on. <laughs> I'm not a big fan. Right. Uh, say whatever you want to say about him. Yeah, you know, I mean, you know, back when the times of playing against the 49ers and with the Raiders, he's always been a guy that lets his mouth run a little bit more than his uh, play. Um, could cash. So uh, he was a good football player, but certainly not a great football player. Uh, overachiever. Um, you know, but, you know, listen. I always thought he brought a lot of juice to whatever team he played for. Right. Yeah. Do you want to uh, know? He did. And his wife, his wife is the one. Right? Whoa. Yeah. Do you know why he. He injected uh, a lot of life into his team. Do you want to know why he hates the. Uh, why he hates him home so much? Um. Uh, I can't. I, I I could guess a bunch of different things, but uh, it'd probably be wrong. Here's, here's why: he played for the Broncos, Raiders, 49ers, and Eagles. Uh, Mahomes is twelve and one against the Broncos, ten and two against the Raiders, three and zero against the 49ers, and two and one against the Eagles. I'd probably hate him too. So there you go. Yeah, and I, and I promise you, Romanowski would have no chance of stopping or even limiting anything that Patrick Mahomes did when he was playing his slow ass. Bad body. What <laughs> What do you think of uh, Nick Bosa when he was asked about the Chiefs starting tackles? His response was that they hold a lot. Jake, you have that the small just the clip of him saying they hold a lot. That's anything stand out when you watch them? They hold a lot. Okay, so the excuses already stopped or starting with uh, Nick Bosa. He says they hold a lot, and then their owner, their owner Jed York was asked about what he remembers about the last time the Chiefs and the 49ers played in the Super Bowl, and this is what he had to say. I mean, I remember 
Nick Bosa getting held on third long <laughs> and that not getting called. Um, so you got the owner and the star player, and they're not even in Las Vegas yet, both bitching and complaining about uh, Chiefs offensive lineman holding, Timmy. What, what's, that, uh, what's that one clip you guys always play? Got him! Got, got him. him! Got him! We got him! They're that's thinking right. about it already. Hey, listen, uh, that's the ultimate compliment for an offensive lineman. Thank you very much, Nick. Because when you, when you say that they hold all the time, that means that they can't get away from you. And uh, they have to blame something. So I can't tell you how many times an offense, a defensive lineman said to me, all you guys do is hold. You guys are holders. Oh, okay. We are. Thank you. That's exactly what we're doing. That's why you're standing right here in front of me, and my quarterback is standing there with not a stitch of dirt on him because we hold all the time. Hey, listen, every offensive lineman holds to a certain extent on every play. That That is a statement. That is a fact. Uh, some get called more than others, and obviously there are holding calls that are more egregious than others. Uh, a guy gets outside of your body, and you have your hands and your arms extended on him. You're probably going to get called, but once you get your hands inside on a pass block or a run block, I'm grabbing every damn time. So yeah, you hold every play. Now, you know, obviously when a guy's trying to get away from you, or you're in a position where you know, the official can see you um, uh, hold, then, uh, you know, you gotta, you got to stop doing what you're doing. But, you know, listen, that, that's a compliment. You know what? Now Nick Bosa, he's thinking about being held all the time, and guess what that means? He's thinking about being blocked all the time. So uh, it doesn't bother me at all. I think that the offensive tackles for the Chiefs should take that as a compliment. Uh, but, I mean, what, what does that tell you, like, psychologically, that they're already talking about this? Yeah, I mean, I, you know, and then I, I saw, I think it was Warner, their linebacker, saying that, uh, you know, he had some comments about, you know, uh, we owe him. And, you know, we're, you know, that was the biggest disappointment. We were up by 10, and, you know, we thought we had them, and then they came back and beat us and blah, blah, all that kind of stuff. So they're thinking about it. And, uh, you know, we got, got more than more than a week uh, for them to keep on spewing all this kind of stuff out, and it's going to happen. The best thing the Kansas City Chiefs could do is just keep their mouth shut. They're the defending champions. They're the team that's been to the Super Bowl for the last five years. Just let these guys keep chirping. Let them keep talking. Let them keep worrying about holding, worrying about comebacks, worrying about all the different little things that are going to happen in the game. Their fan base is already bitching and moaning that the Chiefs get every call. You know, I love it. That, that, we got them. That, that's when you know you got them. That's when you know you're in the head of a team. You're in the head of the organization. You're in the head of the owner, and you're certainly in the head of the uh, fan base. So, Chiefs fans, enjoy it because uh, you win. You won. That 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 that's what you want. You want them got to start surfing and doing got all those kind of things because just like that, we got them. Got them. There you go. And as far as the offensive line, uh, Andy Reid said yesterday that Joe Tooney didn't practice, but they're not ruling him out. He still has a chance to play. Uh, but in that championship game, Nick Allegretti, again, he steps up, man, doesn't he? Yeah, man. I, 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 we talked about it Friday uh, right here on the show. We, we were ahead of the game. Talking about Nick Allegretti bringing juice, finishing plays, uh, you know, being being a difference maker out there. He, he's a tough kid, man. I, I, I love to watch him play. Now, once again, it's not as athletic as Joe Tooney, but – uh, the guy brings a lot of energy, a lot of juice, and 
uh, is one of those guys that you can depend on when you need him, and, and he played very well. I mean, there were some times when he was on edges, uh, and you know, I can't remember the name of the defensive lineman. He had a pretty decent game uh, against them on some of the pass rushes, but you know, he did a really good job. And you know what? If you if you if you watch a game, and, and you know, once again, we'll probably see him play a little bit in the Super Bowl. I hope Joe Tooney can get back and play, and I think he's going to do everything he possibly can to get back and play. But he may not be able to play the whole game and may tweak it a little bit and have to sit out a series or two so Allegretti will be in there but you know when you watch Allegretti play and he just finishes plays he's always around the ball he's always helping the running backs up the quarterbacks up you notice in the game that he's always the guy that's over there you know especially when Patrick Mahomes is being chased out of the pocket or near the sideline he's one guy that's always bodyguarding him over there and uh, you know listen I learned a valuable lesson Uh, that was one of the things I love to do and and, uh, we were playing against the Seattle Seahawks uh, on Thursday night football on TNT, uh, ran a screen, uh, offensive line coach Howard Mudd, who is a good buddy of mine, who was a Seattle offensive line coach, ran a screen, went out and cut a guy right in front of him, and he gave me a little smirk and we were jacking around, and I kind of gave him the middle finger a little bit, just messing with him, and it was on national TV, so that was 15 grand, which cost me uh, a, a good uh, a good fine. And then later on in that same game, uh, Marcus Allen was knocked into the sideline and fell down underneath the bench and got up and was uh, pushing a couple guys to get away and getting the, kind of got in a fight and I, entering a fight area, which was another 15 grand. So that cost me. But, you know, you you got to be that guy. I love the guys that go over and uh, make sure that nobody's cheap shotting their guy on the ground. Nobody is taking advantage of anybody near the, the, the visiting sideline. You go over there, you pick up your guy, and uh, you escort them back uh, to the huddle. That's what you do. That, that, that's one of the things I love to tell young players is always be around the ball. Every time a guy scores a touchdown, and you can talk to any wide receiver or running back to play for the Chiefs, a quarterback played for the Chiefs, tight end to play for the Chiefs, that after a touchdown I wanted to be the first guy over there to celebrate with him and give him a hug. And, and uh, that's what it's all about. And that's what uh, Nick Algretti brings to the field when he's out there. He brings a lot of juice, a lot of enthusiasm, a lot of love for the game. And, uh, you know, I'm hoping that Joe could play. But Nick uh, did a really nice job last weekend. We'll fill in just fine in the Super Bowl. Hey, how bad did the Chiefs get screwed on the holding call against Trey Smith that took the touchdown from Rasheed Rice off the board? Yeah, you know, um, they did get screwed uh, by the letter of the law. Um, so that's a technique that, that we were taught. And, uh, you know, you get called for that every once in a while. It happens. It's on a screen, and what, what you try to do is you try to tug the guy and throw the guy, and you use the momentum of the tug and the throw to get out into the uh, into the screen. Um, and, uh, you know, that's just kind of the technique that you're taught. You know, when a guy's bull rushing you or pushing on you, you know, you throw him, and then you throw and go, and you get out into the, into the screen. Um, you know, I taught my kids in high school uh, at Bishop Miege when, when I was coaching there. Um, you know, listen, that's what we want to do. And we got called for it, too. So, you know, one of the things that uh, the adjustment we made, we called the Oklahoma technique. And what that was is you watched the University of Oklahoma uh, back in the day, probably about 10 or 15, 20 years ago. One of the things they would do is they'd pass that, pass that, and then they would take their offhand and punch the guy up the field and then rip through and get down the field. So we went to that technique, which you're not going to get called as many times for. So, you know, that might be an adjustment that the Chiefs can make. I don't know if that makes any sense to you guys, but what what uh, what uh, Smith did is while he was leaving, he tugged the guy and threw him to go. Um, and, um, 
what what you do in the other technique is you pass that, pass that, and you take your offhand. Let's say the screen's going to the left, and uh, you're pass that, and then you're trying to get the guy to go obviously to the right. And uh, once that guy gets up the field, you kind of shove him with that left hand uh, up the field, and then you use that momentum of the shove to get up the field. So there are different ways and different techniques of doing it. It's very rarely called. I've seen it called, so I, mean, I can't say that uh, you know that it was uh, unique. Uh, but it's very, very few times called. I think it was a payback call from earlier in the in the in the series. Anyways, I can't remember exactly what it was, but something happened down the field. There was a holding or something on a fourth down. I can't remember exactly what it was, but I think a lot of times they have payback calls, so they're looking for things. And and when you see something like that, you can call it. It's very rarely called, but uh, you know, listen, uh, maybe implement a different technique or just do it again, and you know, and and you'll probably get away with it because very rarely called. Um, especially on screens. Okay, Grunny, before we, since we're going to have all next week and everything to get ready for the Super Bowl itself, I still want to spend some time talking about this this Ravens game and not just that that play, but but overall, the way the offense came out, I know they only ended up with 17 points, but what impressed you the most about particularly those two big drives in the first half to open up the game? Yeah, you know, I love those long drives that really build the momentum for your team. You know, not just the offense, but for the defense. You know, when you have those long drives and you're able to cap them off with touchdowns, it's just a killer. It's a dagger. And you're right, the Chiefs only scored 17 points. But, listen, the Ravens had a hell of a defense. So to have those kind of drives, especially with this Chiefs team, all right, let's just call it the way it is. You know, during the middle of the season, this Chiefs team would implode somehow. There'd be a penalty or two, or there'd be a, a turnover, a drop. Something would would cause the, the the drive to end, and the next thing you know, we're punting it away, and and we're all frustrated. Uh, or you know, or you're going for it on fourth down, and you're running some sort of reverse or some kind of around and getting hit in the backfield. So there there was a lot of that that happened, you know, in the middle of the season. But it looked like the Chiefs were able to uh, kind of simplify things a little bit. Uh, and and this is what I noticed. Uh, really throughout the playoffs, you think about you know I've been thinking about this playoff run from the Dolphins, the cold game at Arrowhead, to going up to Buffalo and playing at Buffalo, and then obviously you know going to the uh, Ravens and playing uh, the Ravens in Baltimore. Uh, that the Chiefs it, they simplified their plays, but they have um, given a lot of eye candy. Uh, to the defensive coordinators. Through formations and motion, uh, they have um, tried to cause some distraction and cause some confusion and cause some uh, hesitation. Uh, but the plays uh, are very, very simple plays. And especially with the passing game, uh, you know, I, I, I love the idea of getting the ball in Rasheed Rice's hands and letting him run after a catch. Uh, Travis Kelsey's been able to find some room because of that and the other reasons because of so much movement that what they're doing is they're taking wide receivers in the slot or their X receiver and they're shifting them over and taking a wide and taking a running back, you know, out of the backfield and moving them and then bringing them back in the backfield to see what they, what the, um, what the coverage is, whether it's man or whether it's zone. And that's why they're doing that. And, and so that pre-snap read and, uh, some of the things that they're being able to implement off of that movement. It's not very difficult, but they're executing it. And uh, you got to give Nagy and you got to give Andy Reid and uh, the whole offense staff a lot of credit 
for um, keeping the the difficulty of the offense and still being able to simplify it uh, on the back end. And I don't know if that makes sense to you guys, but, you know, formations and movement and and pre-snap adjustments are are difficult to do, but they're just running the basic plays. But but they hung up on. I you. thought that was well said. That last part, in particular, right? Until it takes Jake to realize that Gordy hung up. <laughs> well, there he is. Look, quick first step. He goes running back down the hall. Hey, he's he's uh, agile, Jake. At, the, at this point, yeah. cut off midstream. <laughs> That's hard to do, isn't it? It stings, as uh, Jim Carrey once said. Oh, we got it back. Yeah, I'm, I'm not. I'm not sure what happened, guys. I'm not sure where we left off. But simplifying the offensive plays and and executing the pre-snap movement has been good for this team. So, you know, the the 49ers have have seen this now, and the Chiefs have two weeks to make adjustments. And so, what? What do you expect to see? What do you expect the Chiefs to? I mean, you, you're going to see. I mean, he's got to bring out some bells and whistles, and and you know, and trust me, if I, I'll, I'll lean towards Andy Reid and Steve Spagnolo doing the most with the two weeks that they'll have the game plan. But if if you were Andy Reid in that offense, what would you what would you like to focus on as far as attacking this 49ers defense that has been vulnerable? In the postseason, it seems like uh, Charvarius Ward, our own friends, locking one side down, but whoever's opposite of him, that's who you attack. Yeah, you know what 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 the Chiefs need to do uh, in this game, and and they've really done a pretty good job of it throughout this playoff run. Is you know everybody thinks that Andy Reid's offense is a finesse offense, and really the last couple of weeks it hasn't been. Um, they've dominated on both the, both the offensive and defensive line, and uh, have been able to run the ball efficiently. And and because of that, uh, you know some of the things defensive coordinators uh, want to do, they have been able to do. And that's double team Travis Kelsey and and uh, you know try to limit what um, uh, Rice does. But on the on the defensive side. You know, I, I think what they're going to do is, is the, on early downs, and, and they're going to have a breakdown of when the 49ers like to run and when they don't like to run. And, and the first thing you have to do is you've got to stop McCaffrey in the running game for the, for the 49ers. You've got, you can't let them run the ball at will. If you let them do that, uh, then Brock Purdy turns into Joe Montana. All right? Um, and, you know, we all know that Brock Purdy, is, and God got to love the guy, um, you know, Iowa State, Mystery Relevant, um, you know, local Big 12 guy. Uh, seems like a great kid, uh, but he's just pedestrian when it, they're one-dimensional. And if they have to throw the ball around, uh, you know, he's one-dimensional, and I, I, just, I, I think the Chiefs got him. So what I think Spags is going to try to do is he's going to try to figure out um, some run blitzes and some gap uh, stunts and, and slants and different things to do to limit the running game, and then get him in a situation where you have to pass. And his blitz packages and 
you know, and, and I know a couple of those different offensive linemen, they're big, mauler, tough guys, Banks and, and some of those guys are big, mauler, tough guys, but they're not very good against twists and stunts and blitzes. They're just not. Uh, Williams is a hell of a tackle. I mean, he may be one of the best tackles in the league, but still, uh, speed rushers and, and movement hurt that offensive line. So what I would suggest and what I think they're going to do is, you know, whatever the uh, breakdown says in first and run run plays, whether it's first down or whether second down is short or even heck, you don't know, maybe third down in certain situations they like to run. Then you have to, you know, bring an extra guy up and you got to be gap responsible and get them in a position where they have to throw the ball. And then you got them because that, the defensive line, I believe, the Chiefs defensive line is athletic as they can be in that NASCAR package. You know, they they can move, they can stunt, they can twist, they can do all those kind of things, and they can bring some pressure against Purdy. And I think he makes some mistakes when that happens. But don't don't get don't fall asleep on the way Purdy can run the ball because uh, he he will tuck it and run it, and, and he, when he does it, he's pretty efficient. So you know, I think they're probably going to have a linebacker who's not really a spy, but a guy that is responsible to kind of keep a, keep a, keep an eye on the pocket a little bit as he's getting into his into his zone or whatever he's doing. So it'll be interesting to see. But I think the the, the Chiefs offensive line. And the Chiefs defensive line have to play as aggressive and as physical as they played throughout these playoffs for the Chiefs to win. All right, Tim Grenard. So where uh, where are you going to be watching the Super Bowl? Eh? Well, um, if something pops up in Kansas City um, where there's an event that they need me at, um, I'm going to come back. Um, I'm not going to go uh, to the Super Bowl. Um, oh. For everybody out there, you know, uh, who are looking at tickets. Uh, tickets are few and far between. Uh, this is the out of the four Super Bowls the Chiefs have been in. This is the hardest ticket. Um, you know, even the Chiefs uh, organizations having issues uh, with getting tickets to everybody they want to get tickets to. Um, and then, you know, a lot of the uh, people are talking about, you know, the casinos. One of the reasons why the Raiders uh, were moved to Las Vegas is that, you know, Las Vegas said, hey, we have a Super Bowl. We'll be able to, you know, we're going to make you a bunch of money. So a lot of the casinos, we also bought up all these tickets. So the thing that kills me about this Super Bowl, and, and then I'm getting on my soapbox right now, is that people from the regular Chiefs Kingdom people just can't afford to go. And I think that's the ultimate sin. What the NFL really should do is they should, and they're not going to do it, but they should separate about 20% of their tickets uh, for the Super Bowl, maybe maybe a little bit more, maybe 30% of their tickets for the Super Bowl, and, and split that up between, um, you know, the fan bases. Let the fan bases, at least 30% of the fan bases go with, a, with a, you know, you have to prove that you live in the county. You have to prove that, you know, I don't know how you do it, whether it's season tickets or whether it's you prove you've been to games. And uh, then you go into a lottery, and then you have an opportunity to get tickets. Right now, uh, the normal Joe in Kansas City can't afford to go to this game. It's crazy. And you know what? That's not fair. So you can have a bunch of whales and a bunch of people that bought casino packages and then a bunch of celebrities and then a bunch of people that, uh, you know, want to be seen uh, and not heard at the Super Bowl. And uh, I, I just I don't like that. Uh, this is a unique year because of Vegas. I get it. The stadium's not as big and and there's packages and everything else that have been sold for years now to go to this game. But if you're, you know, you've got to keep the normal 
everyday Joe fan involved in, in the Super Bowls. Unless you're going to lose it, it's going to turn into basically, you know, the, the Oscars. And, you know, who the hell wants to watch that? Tim Grunhard, we appreciate your time, and we'll talk to you next week for a full breakdown of Chiefs 49ers in the Super Bowl. Thanks, guys. That is a Tim Grunhard. We will take a break back after this on WHB. Welcome back to the Border Patrol on Sports Radio 810 WHB. Stephen St. John and Ape Katie. Excited for this next guest. Quarterback for the Cotton Bowl champion Missouri Tigers. Brady Cook joins us. Brady, good morning. How are you? Good morning. Thanks for having me on. Hey, thanks for coming on the show. We appreciate it. You're going to be in Kansas City tomorrow for the Kansas City Premier Sports Card Show at the Harris Convention Center in North Kansas City. You, your teammate uh, Luther Burden III, also a couple of uh, Royals players are going to be there, Blake Mitchell, Michael Massey, Alex Gordon. ShopMoSports.com for autograph tickets, or you can buy them at the door. It's free admission to the card show, and you can buy your autograph tickets at ShopMoSports.com. I don't know how often you get to Kansas City, but there's a whole bunch of Mizzou fans in KC, they can't wait to meet you and congratulate you on a hell of a season. What's it been like for you since that Cotton Bowl win going around the state and just meeting with fans and seeing how appreciative they were and they are of what a great season you guys had? I mean, it's been surreal. Um, I spent about a week in St. Louis right after the Cotton Bowl um, and obviously felt the love back there. Um, But I'm excited to come out to KC. This will be my, I mean, really, this will be my first event and, uh, you know, chance to really spend time with fans in KC and celebrate this win. So I'm looking forward to it. Uh, it's going to be a great weekend. So I'm sure you've been asked this question plenty, but was there a certain point in, in you know, in the summer or before the season or during the season that you thought that this team wouldn't only be good, but this team had a chance to be special and, and accomplish what they did. Was there was when you look back? Was there ever a moment when you feel like you know what? Yeah, we 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 can go out there and win ten games. We can go to a big time bowl game. Yeah, I mean, I, I saw glimpses of it um, throughout the summer, throughout fall camp. Uh, but to be honest with you, I, I truly believe. Um, it was the first drive on offense versus K-State um, where our entire team and fans and the whole stadium believed that we had a 10-win team, 11-win team. Um, something about that first drive when we responded, um, it, it kind of set off something within the team and the offense, and from there, um, you know, the rest is history. What were you doing when uh, when Mevis lined up to kick that game-winning field goal, and then uh, as you saw it go through the uprights, what take take me back to that moment? Yeah, um, I just came off the field. Um, I was on a knee right about right at about the forty-yard line. So you know, I had a pretty good angle of Mevis, and I could see the goalposts. And uh, I was just praying. I was on my knee, and um, for some reason, I had I had a um, a lot of confidence in Mevis, even though it was a 61-yarder. Um, you know, that's just the type of kicker he is, type of guy he is. So I had a lot of confidence in him, and uh, it felt like the ball was in the air forever. Um, but when it came down, we all celebrated. So, You know, that, that K-State win was so big. 
especially for Mizzou fans here in Kansas City, because, you know, we're right in the middle of it and all the rivalry between Mizzou and Kansas and Kansas State and especially the way the K-State game went last year. But to get that win, that that was, I mean, huge all across the state, but especially here in KC. And then I remember the, the, the day we came back on air on Monday and we played your comments after the game. And I'm just paraphrasing, but you know, when you talked about all you've ever wanted to be was the quarterback of Mizzou since you were a kid. And and you, and you made a comment to the effect of you, you just wish more people wanted you to be the quarterback. And then you said, if, if you know, with more wins like this, maybe they will. And I'll be damned, that's exactly what happened. And, and the, 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 your rise in popularity where you took this football team there's got there's got to be such tremendous satisfaction but also there was a there was a tremendous sense of maturity in those comments uh because you know criticism it's hard for anyone to deal with but especially a quarterback that's in college that all he wants to do is be the quarterback at mizzou i mean take me back to that moment and, and those comments and what this evolution has been like to where now Everyone, all, all, all people can talk about Brady Cook's coming back. He's going to be one of the best quarterbacks in the conference, one of the best quarterbacks in the country, and people love you because you earn that. That's got to be tremendously satisfying for you. Yeah, I mean, um, you know, going into my fifth season, um, I've been at the bottom. I've been at the top. I've seen um, a lot of ups and downs with me and this team and this fan base. Um, and... You know, I do remember after the K-State game feeling, you know, finally some weight lifted off of my back. Um, I think that game was kind of a, you know, a springboard for, you know, the next phase of my career here. And, uh, you know, I, I could definitely feel um, a shift in momentum and a shift in support from the fans. So, obviously, I appreciate that a lot, and that was a really special moment for me. Um, and, yeah, you know, I've just I felt overwhelming support from that moment on, and, um, you know, the fans have been unbelievable. Um, I've enjoyed meeting so many different people this season. And, um, you know, what? we're only a month into the offseason, it feels like I've um, met so many different fans, Columbia, St. Louis, Casey this weekend. Uh, you know, it's been awesome, and um, I'm enjoying it. But, uh, you know, like, like, uh, like our coaches say, like, like the players say, um, you know, we're excited for next year. It's going to be special. You know, listening to you talk like that, I feel like another thing that you have, though, I feel like sometimes maybe a kid could end up at college and and feel like they're big man on campus because of all the love and support that you get if you're if you're winning you know college football games on campus, but because you have that perspective of what it was like before you guys went on this run, does it does it keep you grounded? You know, like not you know keeping this stuff from going to your head in a bad way. All the success you're having now, what you've been through already. Absolutely. I mean, just knowing how quickly things change um, and being around college football and seeing um, just the environment of college football and how quickly, um, whether it's fan bases or uh, just the way uh, seasons go, you know, it can turn quickly. So, um, you know, you have to stay humble. You have to realize that, you know, last year is last year um, and it's great and we celebrated it and we're going to enjoy it. But uh, we have a lot of work left to do. And, uh, you know, last year can be forgotten really quickly if this year doesn't go as planned. You know, one more thing I did want to ask you. I mean, because you know you had a great season when you can't figure out, like, what the best moment was, right? We talked about the field goal. <laughs> you had the fake punt against Kentucky. 
But, I mean, 4th and 17 against Florida. And I was at that game with two of my kids and some friends. And, we're, you know, it's 4th and 17, Brady. I mean, you know, it's 4th it's, it's and 17. But you guys go out there and you complete that pass. I'm just curious, as a quarterback, that's the kind of stuff you dream of. And, you know, I mean, looking back, the Cotton Bowl was on the line. I mean, what was going through your mind there in that in that play and in, in that moment? Because that, that'll be talked about for years and years, the 4th and 17 game. Um, man, um, you know, it's one of those moments where I remember just taking a deep breath. Um, you know, I, we, uh, we had a timeout right before the fourth and 17. So we had a chance to just take a deep breath and, uh, make sure we were in the best call that gave us the best chance. Um, you know, we went with a play that, um, has been around the program for a while and we've repped it a lot. Um, Kirby was comfortable with it. All the receivers and me were comfortable with it. Um, and you know, we went out, went back out there and I, you know, it's, it's a, it's a nerve wracking moment, no doubt, because you know, um, you know, the game's either being extended or ending on this play. Um, but ultimately, um, you know, we executed up front, executed, um, Cody chipped the DN, the receivers were where they're supposed to be. And, uh, you know, LB3 did what he does. So, uh, it's definitely a moment I'm not going to forget. Um, as you can see, I know every last detail of it. But, um, yeah, I mean, you're right. It, it was special for sure. Yeah, there are a lot of people that won't forget that uh, for a long time. And something else that people won't forget, I was lucky enough, I, I made a trip down to Texas for the Cotton Bowl with my family. And he, I, I was even overwhelmed at how many Mizzou fans were there and then the pep rally beforehand and, and just what that crowd was like. I'm just curious, when you first went on the field and then being part of that, what, what was that like? Because, I mean, the, the, the support, the atmosphere, the electricity, and then finally in that fourth quarter when you guys broke through and took over the game and won the game, uh, and you know ultimately that terrific touchdown pass to Burden, that had to be a special moment just to be around that atmosphere for the Cotton Bowl. Yeah, I mean, all around. Uh, the whole week was incredible. Um, you know, I've been a Mizzou fan for a long time, so um, seeing both sides and having that perspective of just being able to see all these Mizzou fans travel down and, you know, have the time of their life and tell me how much fun they're having and, um, you know, how much they're rooting me on. And then, you know, just the actual atmosphere of the game. Uh, I mean, when we ran out on the field, um, I, mean, I couldn't contain my excitement. <laughs> I mean, just seeing – how many fans and how full that stadium was um, at AT and T, um, and I mean it, it was it was unreal. It's something I'm never for, gonna forget. And um, boy, I'm just sure we I'm sure glad we picked it up in the fourth quarter and were able to finish um, because uh, you know that, that win felt good and it's gonna be remembered for a long time. So you know you talked a little bit about you know next year and how you're anticipating a special season, and now you get the 12 team playoff, which it would have been great for this year. But next year, you guys will look uh, at as a, a true contender for that. But I, you know, just looking at some of the guys that are returning as far as skill position players for you, you know, Luther Burden, Theo Weiss, and Johnson and Cooper, and this Brett Norfleet that looks like he's on the verge of becoming one of the best tight ends in the league. When you look around at, at some of the guys you have to throw to and some of the guys will be on the field with you on that offense. I mean, and, and you add in your experience and your ability to run the football when things break down. You guys 
And the defense, we know the defense is good, but I mean, you, the offense really has a chance to be special. Talk a little bit about your the, the guys that are around you that you're going to have a chance to target next year. And you got some running backs coming in to replace the big shoes of Cody Schrader, but things look like they're going to be really good offensively. Yeah, I mean, uh, I think the biggest thing, like you said, uh, we're receiving our, you know, we're returning our exact same receiving core. Um, so, you know, all of that chemistry that I've built with these guys, um, all of the banked reps we've ha- we have, all the game experience, I mean, we're carrying that over as far as quarterback wide receiver rooms go, uh, which is huge. And, you know, we're already building on that in the offseason, you know, what we've done in January. Um, you know, we've got, we've got some great competition at running back. Uh, you know, we have ballers at that position and um, obviously big shoes to fill. Um, but, you know, I'm, I'm confident in the people we have there. And, um, you know, up front, we're solid. <laughs> I mean, uh, solid as can be. We got some big pieces. Um, obviously, more big shoes to fill with Javon and X leaving. But, uh, you know, we got some key pieces that are ready to step up. Step up. And, um, I mean, yeah, we're, we're going to make sure we're doing our part. And, um we're going to make sure we're moving the ball down the field how we need to. All right, so so you're coming to Kansas City tomorrow for the for the uh, autograph signing, and obviously you know the Chiefs are back in the Super Bowl, so you're going to hear a lot of Chiefs talk. Uh, and I'm just curious, as someone that plays the position at a high level, what do you think of Patrick Mahomes when you watch him and the Chiefs and what they do every year? Because, look, no one can try to go out there and emulate what he does because he's such a freak. But, I mean, there has to be a great appreciation for, for what he does and, and uh, what he accomplishes on a football field. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. Um, he's, my, he's my favorite player to watch. Um, you know, I feel like I learn something new every time I watch him play. Um, I mean, he's unreal. He's truly unreal. I, I truly believe that we're watching one of the greatest athletes um, of all time every Sunday. Um, so anytime I, I get the chance to watch the Chiefs, which I always do, I never take it for granted um, because that's how good I think Pat Mahomes is. So um, I'll be, I'm not surprised he's in the Super Bowl. Um, you know, he's been doubted. Um, people have talked about the team around him, um, how, you know, it's, it's going to be a rebuilding year, whatever. Um, he just continues to win. So I have a lot of respect for him, um, and he's one of my favorite players to watch. What do you think when you watch Brock Purdy play? Uh, when I watch Brock Purdy, I think I think he's a really good player, too. I don't think he's just a game manager. I don't think he's just the product of the system um, because you, just, you don't get the Super Bowls um, if you're just a game manager. You just don't. Um, he knows how to win, too. Uh, he knows how to use the players around him uh, really well. And I think that's what people might confuse as being a game manager. Uh, but, no, he uses the players around him really well. He's a really good quarterback, um, and he's a playmaker too. So it's going to be a good matchup. All right, just got a couple questions for you before we let you go. We, we appreciate your time. All right, uh, Emo's Pizza is a great sponsor of this show. Yeah. And I do endorse it to them. I know you're Mr. Emo's Pizza in St. Louis. What's your go-to order? If I'm going to tell you, you're going to sit, watch the Super Bowl, and you can answer Emo's Pizza. What's your go-to order from Emo's? Uh-huh. Go to order. Well, lately I've been getting uh, the sweet and tangy wings for That's sure. Right. Uh, that 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 new sauce is unreal. And then pizza wise, I just do pepperoni bacon. Um, just classic pepperoni bacon. Give me an XL with side of wings, uh, and we'll be we'll be on our way.
All right, we'll call that the uh, the Brady Cook uh, from now on, and that's our next right. order. All right, final thing Fair for enough. you. I'm going I'm to ask a favor from you. And so I took – I have twin daughters – that I t- you know, I took one of them to the fourth and seventeen game, and then she said, "If if if Mizzou goes to the Cotton Bowl, can we go? Since we'll be able to drive." So I promised her, and we went. And so she is uh, one of them is a huge Brady Cook fan. Shares all your stories on Instagram. It was her birthday last week. Could you please wish happy birthday to Selena and Julia because they're big fans of Brady Cook? Selena and Julia, I want to wish you guys a happy birthday. I appreciate your guys' support all year. I appreciate you guys supporting me on on uh, Instagram and social media. Um, enjoy your birthday. Let me know if you need anything, and go Tigers. Hey, all we want to say is let him cook. Yeah. One more year, let him cook, baby. <laughs> Let's go, Brady Cook. Mizzou uh, loves you, man. And you know, you know what? And I can't wait to see your reaction. We see all those Kansas City Mizzou fans that show up to support you. Thanks for the time, man. Have a safe trip to Kansas City. All righty. See you guys. Thank you. All right. Thank you. That's uh, that's Brady Cook. Will you just let him cook, please? Will you, well, will I you will. just stand down a little no, bit? No, I, I won't. You're a... I've got a full fleet of wide receivers and tight ends returning. Not me personally, but I, in my like mind, it. Eddie. Yeah. And the quarterback, so... You're quite, you're quite a happy man over there. I didn't tell him I was going to, but... How uh, I slide. It wasn't a total re injury, but tweaked my back after the fourth and seventeen. Because I let you know I don't leap that often anymore. <laughs> but I leapt into the air. Yeah. But I left off one level of ground Uh-oh. and didn't realize there was a drop off. Yeah. And I I didn't I, you know I thought I was gonna land at one level and landed at the next level and it. Yeah, you weren't braced for impact. Oh no, it hurt. But the, the, the conversion. I mean, rule number one should be at this point in your life, right. don't leap. Well, number two, if you have to leap, I didn't, try to do it on flat ground. Dude, it was totally like, oh, four, yeah. I just left it, you know. I didn't. Yeah. I wasn't thinking about it. There was right. no thought process. Right. It was just sheer emotion. So I needed that clip cut for me, please, so my daughters will like me. I would enjoy that. I need some points at home. Thank you. Back after this on WHB. Yeah, I want to remind you, you just heard Brady Cook. Mizzou quarterback on the show. If you want to go meet him, he's going to be at the Kansas City Premier Sports Card Show. He'll be there tomorrow. The show's Saturday and Sunday, 10 a.m. to 5 p.m. That is awesome. (laughs) Harris Convention Center in North Kansas City. Saturday, Brady Cook, LB3, Luther Burden. And for you, KU running back Devin Neal. I don't know why you won't support him. Definitely support him. Great player. Two o'clock. Pride of Lawrence, Kansas. That's a good chance to go down there and uh, meet some college football stars and get an autograph or two. Great, great opportunity. And then on Sunday, Royals number one pick, Blake Mitchell. Second baseman, Michael Massey. And uh, Jake, uh, Royals Hall of Famer, Alex Gordon. You can go down there. And love that guy. Love him up. Love him. For uh, autograph tickets, you can go to shopmostsports.com. Shopmostsports.com. Or you can buy them at the door. It's admission, admission's free to the card show. He's got to get autograph tickets, so you can buy them at shopmostsports.com or buy them at the door. This is a very difficult situation that I have tomorrow. First of all, it's my daughter's first dance because they, the freshmen aren't allowed to go to homecoming, so they're going to the sweetheart dance tomorrow. Mm. 
But uh, Selena desperately wants to meet Brady Cook. Right. And so we're going to be taking pictures down at Union Station like at 4 or 4.30. Brady Cook's going to be at uh, Harris at about 2 or 3-ish. And so she said she'll just get all dressed up. There you go. And everything and stop by there. And she wants to meet Brady Cook and then all of the pictures. take a picture with him? Well, we'll see. I hope so. I hope so. She'll be super overdressed. Why not? We'll just tell Brady Cook this is why she got dressed up to meet you. Special occasion. So, we'll figure it out. Sounds like a plan. You did it. You made it. Selena's going. She's got a date. There you go. Julia's going also with no date because she said no to everyone. So. Right. And, That's and, my girl. And yes. Zero surprise there, by the way. Nope. How come you didn't say yes? Why would I? Why would I? That's right. I'm going to get her a shirt that says, why would I? Hey, everybody. Let's meet back here Monday right here on Sports Radio 810 WHB.